The Hearth is for you if you're a business leader with a team. Here, we have conversations about how to keep growing when you feel you've reached your capacity, when what you're doing is working, but you're starting to see the cracks, when there's a gap between where you're at now and where you want to be. Here, we find ways to transition through the struggle of survival toward creating a thriving business that supports you and your team as whole humans. Your host is me, Candace Elliott. I'm a business strategist and mentor who specializes in working with business owners who are going through periods of growth especially when you're adding more people to your team. The practices and systems that worked when your team was smaller just don't seem to fit anymore. And when you're caught in stress and reaction, it's tough to reimagine the way that you created your world of work, both your own personal one and the one that you created for others. I help people align their values and business practices to build practical, sustainable, thriving work ecosystems. And no, this isn't just some work utopia talk. To do this, I bring forward my decade-long professional background in human resources and organizational development, working with growing businesses across many sectors and my decades-long search for meaning and wholeness, which includes researching the history of work and how it came to be what it is today, practicing a trauma-informed approach to business, and integrating work, life, and spirituality into a meaningful whole. Let's take this journey together. Hello, welcome back to the hearth. And today we're going to be, I'm going to be talking about building inclusive and respectful workplaces. Over the years of working with so many different workplaces, um, and then also digging into some research around um, inclusion and respect at work, it um, occurred to me that there might be an entry point for this, right? Like in workplaces where things are not inclusive or where things are disrespectful, what can we put in place or what's an idea that we can, that we can talk about, which can help to make that shift towards inclusion and respect. And I came across the work of Donna Hicks um, and she created something that's called the dignity model. And this idea of dignity being that entry point, I think is really powerful. Donna Hicks defines dignity as the glue that holds all of our relationships together and the mutual recognition of the desire to be seen heard, listened to, and treated fairly, to be recognized, understood, and to feel safe in the world. 
I think this is what is missing in those workplaces where there isn't inclusion and respect. It's like we're not seeing the other person. We're not recognizing their whole humanity. We're not making fair decisions. We might be making decisions that make sense to us or that um, are informed by, (laughs) you know, our society or data or what have you, but they may not actually be fair. Um, I think also this piece of being understood um, and feeling safe, these are not necessarily things that we spend time creating time for in the workplace. Recognition as well. You know, I think in a lot of workplaces, we're just like, you did the job. Great. Let's move on to the next thing. Not even great. You did the job. Here's the next thing. You did it. Here's the next thing. (laughs) Or I guess this is good enough. Let's keep going. Or, I mean, that'll work, but we have to keep moving forward. We can't spend any more time on this. Let's do this. So instead of stopping, having the conversation of recognition, giving feedback, providing training, providing mentorship, you know, helping people to feel seen, to feel understood, um, and to feel safe. We just have this never ending cycle of things that we need to do. Donna Hicks looked at international disputes and um, organizational cultures that were dysfunctional and experiences of indignity We're at the heart of many of these things. And so introducing practices that affirm dignity actually helps to create a a more healthy culture. So um, actively redressing past violations um, is especially important. So recognizing the ways in which people have not been treated with respect um, and not not recognized and then taking action to correct is a huge important part of this. There are a lot of different types of dignity, which I actually didn't even realize um, before I started getting into this and learning more. I think there's like 10. (laughs) Um, I looked at some of the ones that seemed more applicable to workplaces that um, I work with, and then also the human resources kind of intersection with work. Um, So one type is social dignity. Um, Social dignity is how feelings of dignity or indignity can be influenced by social interactions. So. either like people approving or disapproving of different kinds of cultural conventions. Um, When we think about cultural conventions, these are like the behaviors that we, we kind of don't even think about them because they're so much a part of our culture. Like it could be the way you give like a thumbs up, you know, in one culture, a thumbs up is, Uh, like things are good. And then in another culture, thumbs up is like an insult, you know? So it's like things like that, that people do 
because they mean something, but they can mean something in a different cultural context. So other social things related to social dignity are um, experience related to inclusion or exclusion. So whether you feel like you're being included as a part of the group or excluded, you know, whether you feel like you are a part of the group, you are a part of like the majority, right? Or if you feel like you are not really a part of the group, if you are like on the fringes or the edge or not even included. And this can be as small as like inviting someone to go to lunch with the group, right? So it also includes respect or disrespect. Um, If a person is just behaving respectfully towards you or not, um, is in this realm of social dignity. And then also cultural acceptance or discrimination. So let's say, you know, I have a cultural practice, maybe I celebrate um, a certain holiday or something, right? Like I celebrate solstices. Um, and equinoxes and full moons and things like that. Um, and so if I can bring that to the group and have that feel accepted, um, that's a part of social dignity. But if I bring that to a group and it's um, discriminated against or criticized or any of these things, then um, that is decreasing the dignity that I'm feeling in the social environment. And that's not to say that you can't disagree with a cultural practice. So like if, for example, there are practices that are associated with a way that something is celebrated and you disagree with them, it doesn't mean that you can't have a respectful conversation around that or inquire into why or ask questions. It's just that there has to be a respect and and dignity that's a foundation for it right? Like I have been in conversations with people who have vastly different um, belief systems than I do. And we have been able to talk about how we think about each other's different beliefs without uh, disrespect, you know, it, and it has been respectful um, and we, and it has actually grown and made our relationship stronger. And then I've been in other conversations like that where it's polarizing and it's disrespectful and it is harmful, really. Um, And so this is that part of social dignity that I think is really important is that we can be agreeable in our disagreement. Another type of dignity um, that there that exists is economic dignity. So um, the feeling of dignity or indignity being influenced by the experience of wealth or poverty, employment or unemployment, prejudice or privileges based on socioeconomic status, and the ability or inability to purchase basic life necessities. And so economic dignity, I think, is just so wrapped up in the world of work because we work in exchange for money. <laughs> and so our our ability to you know participate 
fully in society to be able to provide our own life necessities to be employed or unemployed um, and to have, you know, what we feel for ourselves to be an acceptable socioeconomic status is so reliant on our work and our ability to earn. And so this is why I think practices around pay and around the, the economics of your business and what it is doing, um, not just how well the business is supporting itself, which is essential, right? But also how well the business is supporting all of the people that are a part of the business. And, and we have to build businesses that, ha- that it has to be a reciprocal exchange, right? So people have to have economic dignity in their work, um, in order for them to be included and for the workplace to be a respectful workplace. If people are unable to support themselves with the work that they are doing because they're not earning enough, it is the responsibility of the business to look at why and how to create jobs that will actually support a person in their their needs not just basic life needs, but also, you know, their ability to um, live the kind of life that they want to live. Another type of dignity, especially that relates to the human resources-ness of um, how I help with businesses is legal dignity. Um, And so this is feelings of dignity or indignity that are influenced by just or unjust laws. Um, the existence or absence of legal protections and fair or unfair treatment. In this work by Donna Hicks, she talks about um, that as it relates to police officers and criminal justice systems. But I think that this also is a part of our businesses and fair and unfair treatment by HR or the manager, the CEO, the COO also falls into this realm Um, because there are so many legal agreements that are a part of work. um, There are so many laws that are enacted through our businesses or not enacted through our businesses and so many legal protections that exist for employees in different kinds of ways that having an understanding of all of those things, being able to, um, to uphold just laws, to recognize unjust laws, to understand the legal protections that employees have, and then to be able to treat people fairly based on the agreements that you have with them. This is all a part of legal dignity. So there are some steps that you can take to bring dignity into the workplace. If it isn't something that's already there, or if there are some pieces that you're struggling with, um, one thing that's recommended is practicing acceptance, accepting others for who they are and what they're doing and not putting the pressure to be more, do more, take on more. Another is being inclusive. So um, 
you know, intentionally reaching out to community members that are historically marginalized, you know, doing that through your work. There is also ensuring physical and emotional safety. So, you know, just creating safe space, um, both for the body and for the emotions at work. If you um, want some tips on emotional safety, listen to my last um, solo episode. It's all about mental health and the workplace. Um, and then with physical safety and work, there's so many different things that can come up, but just, um, I guess a, a main one is making sure that it, all the equipment is working the way that it should, that, um, people feel safe, you know, entering and exiting a building. If there's a building, um, that people have the ability to work with another person instead of alone. Those are some kind of basic, not basic, but those are some foundational ones to think about. Um, establishing and practicing fairness. So coming to an understanding of what fair decisions are, (laughs) what those look like. Um, And this can look like including more people in the decision-making process. Um, That's often a very effective way of establishing and and practicing fairness um, is sort of decentralizing the leadership and including others in decision-making. And then also going along with that is supporting and developing autonomy or independence. And I don't mean that in the way of like a person should be like self-sufficient and do everything on their own. I I mean it more in like an interdependence kind of a way where, you know, each person has their own piece of the work that they're um, given full responsibility and ownership over that, over it, that they have all the tools that they need in order to do it well, and that their work is interconnected with the work of others so that they're not like feeling fully off (laughs) out on their own, but they know how their work impacts the work of other teams and then also the work of the organization as a whole. That sort of brings me to the end of this little discussion about um, inclusive and respectful workplaces. I have just so many, (laughs) I could go on for a lot longer. Um, And I think that this is definitely a topic I'm going to be coming back to. It just like touches on so many important things like like having a sense of belonging at work and how important belonging is for people to feel like they are included. Um, Friendship and how friendship and work intersect. I've worked with some teams where you can just tell there are such strong friendships among people outside of work. And um, it, it really helps, especially when times are hard, when there are those friendships. Um, And that, you know, understanding of people outside of just the work that you're doing together. And then it also even gets into like the whole productivity and learning kind of space because, you know, when people are feeling respected and included, when people feel safe, they're much more likely to, you know, speak up if they're, they have an idea or they want to try a new way of doing something or, you know, they heard about this thing and they want to, you know, check it out. I'm, I'm excited to continue down um, this road with you all.
If you have any questions about this, please feel free to send them my way. Also, if you've been enjoying the podcast, I would love it if you leave a little note, maybe some stars, and that'll help other people be able to find the podcast so that they can learn all of this wonderful information as well. Hit subscribe to know when the next episodes come out. And if you're feeling generous, please leave a review. Reviews help other like-minded folks find their way to this resource. If something you heard today brought a smile to your face or a spark to your heart, and you'd like to connect with me, there are a few ways to do that. One is my newsletter where I put most of my time and energy when I'm not working with clients or with my family or working on this podcast. Sorry, social media. The newsletter is a mix of real life stories, tips and tricks, and of course, updates on what's happening with the podcast. Whenever something's going on with me or in my business, it always comes out there first. Another resource that I have for you is my guide to doing work differently. This guide takes you through four inquiries into how you can build a more sustainable and equitable work environment for yourself and your team. It's a great place if you're looking for somewhere to get started. Last, if you've got a burning question, a comment, or a situation you'd like my eyes on, you can email me. All those links are in the show notes. Take care, brave soul. Catch you next time.